0: Welcome to the Process Podcast. From new Agent to mm-hmm. my name is Travis McClure. This is my co-host, Preston Guyton. Welcome to the Process Podcast. This is Travis McClure, my co-host, Preston Guyton. Preston, how are you doing today, sir?
1: Good, man. Good. Afternoon podcast. Yeah, we're we doing normal. I get, I'm going to get a sunburn on my
0: arm. Yeah, yeah so. we're doing a, the not normal late afternoon podcast. Uh, podcast for us. Usually we like to knock this out early in the day, but sometimes our schedule doesn't allow us to. So we are rolling with our calendar today and uh, we're less than a week away from our ha- half marathon commitment. Preston, how are you feeling?
1: I feel good. Yeah, I had uh, ran Saturday and Sunday. Um feel good. Yeah, today I is... have a little growing tweak, but yeah. uh, other than that, it's, uh, I'll, I'll do good.
0: Good. Yeah, you definitely want to uh, rest that. Today's Tuesday. Our uh, half marathon is going to be Sunday. Um, I feel good as well. Number one, the weather here in Myrtle Beach on Sunday for a race is absolutely perfect. Uh, You're going to be mid-50s, low wind, sunny, low humidity. You couldn't ask for a better half marathon race morning.
1: It's 57?
0: Yeah, something like that. Yep, at at race time at 7 a.m. Um, I feel good as well. So honestly, I was telling you via text, it's the first race I've ever gone into. It's like a real plan of what I've, uh, in terms of preparation and the actual race in terms of strategy. So I feel really good about where I'm at in my race prep. Um, years past, I've always just kind of showed up with the strategy of run fast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but one thing I want to jump into today, Preston, I've heard this term, I heard it a couple times in Tahoe. I've seen it thrown around on social media a little bit, and it's the term for this time of year for broker owners and agents, the term is called, it's separation season. What exactly does that mean? If, I, if I'm listening to this and maybe it's the first time you've heard it, what does that mean when you hear that it's separation season? So I think
1: what, what they mean by that is whether you're a team or a brokerage, it's a time when you know, a lot of times people, you hear it all year that, uh, you know, they don't want to leave the brokerage they're at or the team they're at because, the, you know, they're split they're on or wherever they're at with their business. And, you know, this time of the year is when people kind of look at where they are and, and you know, look at other options, you know, um, so it's a good time to be in front of the agents you have. And, and, you know, if you're recruiting, trying to grow a company, it's time to reach out to agents as well.
0: Yeah, I think I think. 100% what happens is agents' business this time of year leading into the holidays starts to slow down a little bit, right? And agents a lot of times use that as an opportunity to explore their options in terms of the company they're at.
1: Yeah, and I think it'll be more so even now not only you have you know the normal conditions of a slowdown in the market for the holidays, mm-hmm. you know, less people searching online, less people looking for houses, you know, they're looking for gifts online or whatever they're searching for. But now with the market changing, you know, you even have more people, I think, questioning, okay, you know, does this make sense where I'm at? Are they giving me enough value for what I'm paying? Or, you know, am I getting enough value for what I'm not paying, right? So that could go both ways. You could be, you know, split could be a certain way where you're not getting enough value, or it could be you're on a 100% or whatever, and what value are you actually getting? So I think a lot of people are starting to. You know, look at that. This time of the year, and especially with the way the markets change, I think you're going to see more and more people, you know, starting to look around.
0: Yeah. So you you hear all that, and as a broker owner, you start to think to yourself, well, now that leads us down the path and uh, discussing recruiting, right? The R word. Um, obviously for a broker owner or team lead, maybe you're trying to grow your team, or we're going to get into retention as well. Preston, talk about recruiting. Like why what does that mean to you when we say the word recruiting as a broker owner or a team lead?
1: Yeah, I mean, just trying to grow your company. I mean, for us, you know, one of the things we talk about is, you know, when you recruit, we was try not to, you know, call and reach out and, you know, do the data dump and everything else. Mm. I mean, try to educate and try to provide value um and just reach out and stay in front of people you know it should be just like an activity like prospecting if you're prospecting for new business or you're prospecting you know your past sphere of influence or whatever it is it's just it needs to be a part especially when you're with a brokerage or a team trying to grow it needs to be a big part of really what you do on a daily basis
0: yeah i couldn't agree more i think um a lot of times you know as as broker owners or team leads. We did the episode last last week on success leaves clues, right? And I think what all those speakers had in common as team leads or broker owners, they had some sort of recruiting system, basically prospecting for their brokerage business in place, whether that they made the calls daily or they had a person in place that made the calls daily, And I think it's no different than if you're an agent trying to grow your business. If you don't call anybody, your business slowly is going to shrink over time. Same thing with a brokerage with agents. Um, I think the other gear to think about too, and I think it's really easily overlooked, especially in companies that grow really fast. We talk about a lot of it here is there's an internal recruiting piece as well, right? I think retention is so important, especially this time of year. You're not the only brokerage if you are listening to this and you recruit, you're not the only brokerage in your market that's calling agents. There's people calling your agents, too.
1: Oh, yeah. It's just like, you know, you're not the only, you know, when you have a lead that signs up on your website, most likely they sign up on 10 different websites. Mm-hmm. So they're getting phone calls, at least one phone call from agents. You know, they usually give up after one or two. But, <laughs> uh, you know, they're getting those phone calls. So, you know, the same thing with recruiting. I mean, don't think because you're recruiting that your agents aren't being recruited as well. Uh, it's definitely, you know, it's definitely something that when you think about it as well, you need to make sure you have just like you have a plan for your new leads coming in. I mean, you need to have a plan if you're trying to grow your team or brokerage you know, that needs to be a big part of your business.
0: Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Um, you have to have a plan in place to call new recruits daily. Yeah, And you also have to have a plan, especially this time of year, to call the people, call the, the agents you have in place right now. Oh, yeah. Um, I think that's something you got to map out. And, you, and if you have a leadership team, you break it up amongst your leadership team. If you're a smaller company, you break it up where you call X amount of agents per day within your company. And it could be, I call it just like a Columbo type call. How's everything going? How's your family? How is uh, your business going? What challenges are you having? What's going well, right? Have those kind of dialogues with them. And you can kind of figure out from there, do I need to meet with this person, possibly in person, take them a coffee, take them to lunch? Are they good and just kind of want to be left alone? Because there's some agents that want that as well. But you have to have that plan in place for retention. Just as important as having that plan in place to, to meet and recruit new people. Shifting gears sometimes, a lot of times, you know, I like to think, I always like to make the correlation between being an agent and being a broker owner because I think like there's a lot of similarities you you do some different stuff, but there's a lot of similarities in how you grow your business. And I think there's a lot of mistakes that are made in recruiting. Preston, I know John talks about him quite a bit in a lot of the mastermind events we've attended, a lot of the training videos he puts out for broker owners. But um, I want to jump into some of the mistakes that are made. What do you think the biggest mistake uh, owners make around recruiting?
1: You know, I really think... Uh... <clears throat> You know, really asking for a close or a meeting or, you know, mm-hmm. joining with limited information, you know, going in and like data dumping on somebody and not creating a relationship. You know, it's just, you know, you, you think of of providing value and and you know, you think of when you when you go into it provide value and, and maybe not even ask for a meeting, um, just just kind of stay in front of them. You know, I think a lot of people lead with and I think a lot of people lead with talking about other companies like, yes, you know, that's to me is the worst thing. um, And something I never do. I mean, if you're recruiting people, I think it puts a lot of people off when you say, Oh, they're not doing this or not doing that. Mm -hmm. And how do they even know they're not even in your company? Um, You know, I think it's, if you're do, if you're a recruiter or, you know, somebody within the company and leadership, talk about what you offer, you know, so people on, what you offer instead of trying to talk about other companies, what they're not doing, because you don't really know what they're doing. you know, And that's, that's what, what we focus on. We focus on teaching people and educating people on what we're doing within our company, within our own walls. And that's the way you want people to join you. You don't want people to join you because you said bad things about the company they're with.
0: Yeah, it's interesting. I always think of it as like a job interview. And it's such a unique type of job interview because really they're interviewing you. Yeah. Right, They decide if they want to work there. I get you're also making a decision if they're the right fit. But at the end of the day, they're interviewing you. And think about if if you were an employee hiring somebody, right? and you had a job interview, and the employee sat down in front of you, and all they did for 30 minutes was talk bad about the place they work now. You'd, yeah. you'd be very hesitant about hiring that employee, right? Well, now reverse that. They're interviewing you, and all you want to do is talk bad about other companies or other places of employment. It just it's not a good first impression for that person when you sit down and talk about business. I couldn't agree with that more. I think where some broker owners get frustrated making the prospecting calls is they have that mindset of like, all right, if I call a hundred people, thirty of them should want to meet, and I should be able to convert half of those. John Cheplak talks all the time about when you sit down and make calls, right? Cold calls to agents, ninety five percent of those agents. When they pick up the phone and talk to you, you have no intention on moving companies. They have no intention in that first time you talk to them. As a matter of fact, on average, it takes 14 contacts before an agent will make this, uh, an experienced agent will make the decision to move companies. Right. So you can't sit down and talk to one agent one time and expect, okay, well, prospecting in my marketplace doesn't work. Yeah. Right. So uh, I think John does a good job teaching us and coaching us around what he calls making deposits. Into that business relationship bank over time, building micro commitments. Talk about that, Preston. How do you, as uh, a broker owner in a market, how do you make deposits into agents' accounts over time to build the trust?
1: I mean, really educate. You know, in that first call, you could talk about, you know, talk about them. You know, let them talk about what they're doing that's working, what's not working. You know, help them with struggles they're having and, mm-hmm. and give them information, and then. You know, maybe that's a newsletter or maybe that's an email you send out once a week, once a month or whatever it is, just to continue to educate and help and, and share things that are working, you know, within our company, that within what we're doing. So, I mean, I really think it's kind of getting them to open up more about what's going on with them. Yes. You know, and, and that's the biggest thing. Like, you think of any recruiting call, a lot of the ones I've listened to, they always talk about what we're doing, what, you know you know, this is what we offer. This is that, this splits this and that, And you know, they get into all those things early on and they don't even have a relationship yet. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, uh, it's, there's not been any courting or whatever you want to call it. You know, there's just not It's jumping into trying to get a kiss.
0: Yeah. Well, it's, that's exactly it. You're, 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 I call it the drunk, the drunk guy at the bar, yeah. right? Like, don't be the drunk guy at the bar. And I've had this talk even with, uh, you know, people in our organization will be like, Hey, how'd that meeting go? They're like, oh, it went great. You know, a day later or two days later, like, yeah, yeah, they've started ghosting me. I'm not hearing back. Well, that happens is that happens because you sat there the whole time talking about you, me, yeah. me, 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 me. You data dumped them. You told them what you thought was most important. You told them what you thought they wanted to hear, but you didn't let them talk about their business. Yeah, you well, ask- yeah. And if you've
1: given them all the information right up front, what else do they need from you?
0: Right. You know,
1: you've already given them everything. There's nothing else. You know there's nothing else you could talk about. I mean, you can't talk, you know, it's, it's you've already given them everything. So, so why, you know, why would you, why would they reach back out to get more information?
0: I think sometimes as brokers, we, we look past the clues, right? Like I love to ask a question, a question like, what doesn't your current cof- company offer that you're looking for in your next company? They're going to tell you what they want to talk about right then and there. Yeah. It could be training. It could be, split. It could be, um, leads. It could be whatever it is, but if you don't ask a question like that, let them answer it. And that's what you talk about. Yeah. They've just told you what's most important to them and their business. And I've literally, and I've listened to calls and I've sat in on meetings where that question will get asked. The uh, agent will say, Hey, I'm looking for leads. And then the person recruiting starts talking about training. Well, they didn't say training was important. It's important to you because you think we do a great job at it, but it wasn't important to them. Um, so take the conversation to where uh, they think is important to their business. It's just like if you sat down with a seller, Preston, and someone was interested in selling their house, and you know they listed all the reasons they were trying to sell their house and what was important to them about the sale of their home. And you know, back in the day, we used to teach... Uh, well, prioritize what's most important to you about getting your house sold. And they would say, well, price, I need to get a good price. And then you started talking about your marketing plan. Yeah. Right. You didn't talk, you didn't go into like the pricing strategy or the price for the home. You just started talking about marketing or you, or you went right into uh, the contract, uh, the listing agreement, right? You didn't talk about the pricing strategy at all. You started talking about what was important to you or what you felt you did well. Right. You shied away from the pricing conversation that maybe some agents is a little bit challenging. It's no different. Right. You got they'll tell you where to take the conversation if you listen. Yeah. And you you
1: think about it, even like buyers, you know, you got somebody looking at us in front property. Also, you are talking about farms and Conway. (laughs) Yeah. And it's obviously if if they're looking, you know, you're not going to show. I mean, look at it like a buyer. Right. If you're not going to show somebody something out in Conway, if they're interested in oceanfront condos. Mm-hmm. You know, so why would you go a direction if somebody gives you the information in a meeting? Why would you go in a different direction than than what they're talking about?
0: Yeah. And and the other piece of that, um, circling back to something you had mentioned and going back to, you know, what John Cheplack coaches us around. And he always says lead with value, right? Lead with value, lead with things that are going to help them in their business, lead with items of value and marketing emails, lead with um like I just had coffee with an agent a little bit ago. We didn't even talk about changing companies. We talked about his business. We talked about struggles he was having. I shared some ideas of things that I think could help him out. Be the coach for them before they decide to move to your company, yeah, right? Like um you know,
1: and John says something you know, along the lines of, uh, you know, show them what it's like to be there, yes, before they actually join you know so if you show them all these things like the the coaching and 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 the things you know that we're doing and and they can be doing and and helping them with their own business most likely if they're reaching outside the company they're at they're not getting that there right you know so they're not getting you know somebody at the company that they're at is not listening to what they need help with yeah if if they were then why else would they be reaching out to you know a different company
0: yeah. And I think if you go into an appointment like a coffee appointment with the expectation of I'm not gonna get a commitment today, I almost have that like coaching talk with myself.
1: Yeah. It's hard to do.
0: It like, is really hard, hard to do, but yeah,
1: you think about it, like how all of a sudden you left coffee and you didn't say anything about joining or anything about the company and they leave and they're like they're probably like that was I mean, not weird, but it was obviously a lot different than I thought it would be. Like right. I thought there would be some kind of pitch, but there was there was no pitch. It's just more you know, meeting and and helping somebody with their with their business.
0: I've actually had it where I've taken that approach, Preston, and I don't do a lot of the recruiting appointments in this company. You know, we have Nick who does that. But I do I do occasionally. An agent reaches out or I have a good conversation, but I've gotten to the end of it where the agent will ask me for the pitch. Yeah, I literally yeah. have had that happen where I was like, "Oh, okay, well, I wasn't planning on." Yeah, but like since yeah. you asked, let's, on, about.
1: let's let's pull out the book. Have have
0: <laughs> but most people lead with and we I'll go back to the drunk guy at the bar equation most people lead with the here this is why we're so great right versus just be yourself yeah. you know organically have conversation about your life their life their business and if they're truly interested in something beyond that they'll tell you yeah right um but i think over time you can never lose just lead and i always i love how john says it. he says lead with value And I think over time, you'll never lose with that because eventually those little micro deposits of value of just meeting for coffee and giving them some advice on their database or this or that over time, that leads to building relationship that they don't have at their current company that may make them want to switch.
1: Yeah. And, you know, something on that too, that's interesting. Like we've had where we've met with people and, and not talked about moving and just, you know, help them with their business. And they end up referring agents to us, you know, so they're with a different company and they have somebody that just got licensed or is thinking about moving the company they're at and they refer them to us. So it's pretty interesting when you, you know, you have people that are, you meet with and, and don't necessarily join your company, but they're basically recruiting for you because when they have somebody ask about, you know, what's a good company to join, they mention our company. So that's pretty neat.
0: Yes, it is. One thing I think is important, Preston, to discuss when it comes to recruiting, and uh, J- John says this all the time as well, and I've heard it time and time again in my career in real estate, is agents will leave you for the same reason they joined you. Oh, yeah. And to me, when I think of that, the biggest red flag I have when talking to an agent is when the meeting's all about cost. How yeah. much do you cost? What are your splits? Um, well, if- they, they open up with that. Yes, you know, a
1: lot of times they open up with that, and a lot of times you'll get that on the phone call. And those Mm -hmm. are not the ones that I personally I would not um, meet with. It just it doesn't it doesn't fit into what we're doing. We want to be so much more than just you know a company that's about because there's there's you know there's better there's better if they're worried about a split there's a lot better companies you know there's better splits out there. No matter Mm -hmm. where you're at, no matter where you're at, most likely you (laughs) could find a better split somewhere else.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I call that the race to the bottom. Yeah. You know what I mean? I don't mean that in a negative way, but I just mean there, there's, like Preston said, there's always a company out there that's willing to do it less expensive, right? And if that's what the agents focus on, eventually one day they're going to have a bad day with something and they're just going to look for the next cheapest option because an agent will stay or leave your company for the same reason they came to your company. So always keep that in mind. So if that conversation in that recruiting room is all about cost, and you were able to undercut their current brokerage, and that's why they're coming over because they're going to make so much more money. Well, guess what? You're not the cheapest. I guarantee you're probably not the cheapest brokers in town. They're going to find someone else who can do it cheaper. So let that be kind of a red flag to you too when you're having these recruiting conversations. You don't want them to be all about cost. There's a difference between being a value and providing value. Um, And I think as a company, you definitely need to have solid items of value that attract agents to your company? What are your thoughts around that, Preston?
1: Yeah. I mean, for us, we've built, I mean, we've, you know, when we started, we wanted to be, you know, have the education, have the training, you know, have the lead gen side, you know, those, all those things of value. We wanted we wanted to, you know, we didn't want to overpromise. Mm-hmm. you know, we wanted to make sure we, what we said we were doing, we would do <laughs> and we continue to get better. Um, so definitely, you know, for us, I would never want to have a brokerage that the you know the splits are so high, and my you know what I'm offering them is not of great value. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I just I would not want to be the one where I want to have two thousand agents at a minimal cost, and but you know making enough off of each agent to. But you're really not. You know, there's when you look at the numbers, not a whole lot you can offer by doing that.
0: No, and I think I think from the agent perspective. I'm a, I'm a believer in you have to find like-minded agents and a high-minded agent views their brokerage costs as an investment. That's what I think. I view what we do is, is they invest in a company that, Hey, I want to, I want to be at this company and I want to hang my real estate license here. This is where I want to work. And as leaders of the company, it's our job to then provide value, which is the return on that investment that they're making. Yeah. And a lot of like, anytime I get into a, a recruiting conversation, with an agent who's thinking about joining our company, and the conversation goes towards cost, I usually gear it around that. That's you know, I make I, I, I frame their the conversation around. Well, yeah, this is the investment that you're going to make towards our company, but this is the return on investment that you get. You know, whether and you know, like I said, you have to have a ret, uh, items of value that make that a a good return on investment for the agent. You know, for us, we have a big focus around training, training and development. We have a big focus around lead generation. You know, we talk about easy home search. So those are things typically most agents have a lot of uncertainty around when they join a company. Every, every company is going to say they have great training. Everyone on the planet will say that, right? Not all companies deliver on that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And, And, you know, with, with us too, we spend the money on coaching and making sure and putting ourselves in the rooms that. You know, we see what's happening across the country before a lot of times it gets here, or we see good ideas that are working in different markets and we're quick to implement. I mean, that's, you know, that's one thing we focus on. We're quick to implement. And when we go to an event, you know, we'll we'll implement what we think makes sense. And all those investments and all those things we do is to better the agents we have. You know, when you look at like lead gen, I mean, what I'm doing now, I'm training companies across the country doing. But I'm still and always will be doing that for Palms Realty. So, you know, that's something that that we focus on. And, you know, I always say I want to make sure the agents have enough leads. and well, I hate to call them leads. Enough opportunities coming in to where they options. don't have to go outside and worry about spending hundreds of dollars per lead, whether it's Zillow, Realtor.com, or any of these other national lead sources. Um, you know, that's something that is a big focus on mine every single day.
0: Yeah, I couldn't agree with that more. And I think, you know, just kind of sitting in on different recruiting appointments and, you know, talking to our recruiting department, um, a lot of what this market has done, Preston, has created a lot of uncertainty for agents, right? Agents are having to talk to more people to do the same amount of business, right? Yeah. I think I heard you say it's almost like two Bill Pipes eight, where it was like 40 to one. Now it's like you have to have eighty conversations to find yeah, one cloud. Well, I
1: was I was talking to him on our Sunday night call and I was like, you know, what what do you think the number is? Like, well, you know, obviously I don't you don't have a crystal ball in front of you, but what would you call it? And, forty to
0: one's a normal market.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he said he said forty to sixty, but he said for next year, eighty should be the number. And like a a bad market, a really bad market, you're looking at about 120 conversations for one contract. So when you think about that, I mean you know typically, what we see in the database with a, a, a agent that's really good a prospect and does a really good job, they probably have ten to fifteen conversations per mm-hmm. one hundred people they call, right? So yeah when you do when you have those numbers and that you know one of the things we're coming up, we're doing as well. when you talk about re you know recruiting your agents or re-enrolling or whatever you want to call it, just staying in front of the agents you have, you know do things towards the end of the year, like, Training programs, business planning, you know, all these things that when you're looking into 2023, you know, when they have that uncertainty, what are you helping them with to get them through 2023 and to plan for 2023? So, like one of the things we're doing in one of the upcoming meetings is business planning. You know, we're having go to the board next week. Mm-hmm. And then after that, we're going to do a business plan meeting where we all get together, where it's via Zoom or whatever, we share that business plan and help them walk through it and help them make a plan. And then they have those numbers in there to say, okay, based on 80 conversations, how many phone calls is that going to take? You know, and not only phone calls, I mean, it could be emails or text messaging. It could be conversations outside the office, but they have to be around real estate. Yeah. You know, it can't be your, you know, getting your nails done talking about whatever, you know, it's gotta be real estate conversations and that's kind of what you can expect. So if you go off of that number 80, if I could commit to, you know, 100 calls a day, um, or or maybe 50 calls a day, and five conversations outside of the office around real estate. Then, based on those numbers, you just you should see two to three contracts a month.
0: Yeah, and I think, um, and I think business planning on the front end provides some certainty. You're like, hey, if I want to do X amount of transactions, I need to talk to this many people. And we talked about having KPIs or key performance indicators in your business as an agent. It should be, you know, how many people have you talked to today? How many people do you talk to a week? And by the way, for broker owners, we were talking, this conversation is recruiting. You should have the same KPIs for how many agents you need to talk to a day to grow your business. But what agents are looking for, I've found in the last few months, they're looking for companies that offer them some sort of certainty around what you said, opportunities, people I can talk to, right? Because there's a focus on, I have to talk to more people to do the same amount of business. So if I'm at a company That doesn't give me any opportunities to talk to more people. My business is going to go down. Uh, A smart agent is realizing that. So from an item of value perspective, you have to be able to offer opportunities. What you want to call them lead generation or leads, whatever it is, opportunities to talk to more people. And I think the other big one, Preston, that we haven't talked about in this, this episode is technology. Um, There's a lot of companies out there that either don't offer any kind of tech to their agents with agents have to go out and pay for it. Or it's, Subpar. What they do offer just isn't something that's easy for the agent to run their business. And when I say tech, I'm see C- a lot of it revolves around CRM, website, that kind of stuff.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's definitely, um, you know, I hear it a lot, and I see a lot of people that come in that are at companies where their fees are low, but then they have to buy all the stuff themselves. Yes, and a lot of times the things that are offered via franchise or whatever is not the best CRM, or they don't think it's the best CRM, so they end up buying a different CRM. You know their lead gen's not that great. So end up investing in the lead gen and all of a sudden they have thousands of dollars a month in in fees and dues and everything else. And that's, you know, for us, like when you look at technology on a on a grander scale, when you typically when you look at a CRM or what you look at a you know website lead gen, as you scale it up, the cost per user goes down. Mm-hmm. You know, so we're able to scale it up, like Follow Boss, I think we have 112 people in Follow Boss now. Um, you know, as that scales up, your cost per user goes down. So we're able to make it make sense for us as a company because, you know, we have more users, the per user cost is lower. Um, where like a single agent, you know, it's a hundred dollars a month or $200 a month or whatever it is. Yeah. So, you know, being able to do that and the way we're set up, we're not forced to use any CRM or any technology we could, as an independent company, we could choose what we think is best, you know, and what we test. And, you know, a lot of the things that we, we use now I beta test and I've I've beta tested the technology with the company itself. So it's it's uh, you know, a lot of a lot of things we use are are um are very helpful for the agents.
0: Yeah. So just kind of when we talked about the return on investment, I think it's like a three headed monster. Well, always says, What do you cost? Or what do I get for this fee that I pay your company or this split that I pay your company. You need to be able to talk, talk on your training. You need to be able to talk on conversation opportunities, lead generation, whatever you want to call it. And then you need to be able to talk about your tech. That's the return on the investment the agent was looking for. Um, And I think a lot of companies are struggling with that right now. I think companies got away with, it was a hot market. Agents did a bunch of business. We offered them a competitive split, so they made good profit. But now that, you know, 5% 5% of zero is zero. Yeah. You know what I mean? Or 95% of zero is zero. Um, So now agents are looking at companies that offer that return on that split investment. Um And also the one thing to, um,
1: to bring up that is important, but it should not be something that a company has to advertise. I see companies advertise, yes. advertise this all the time as culture. Yeah. Like you should not have to advertise culture, right? I mean, mm-hmm. culture... When I think of culture, I think of feeling, not you telling. You yeah. know what I mean? I think of so really, you know, when you have a great culture or think you have a great culture, it should not be something in your inner oh, we have great culture. Your agents will be the ones that tell people if you have great culture or not. You know, so those you know, that's something that when you think of like recruiting and, and if you have to go if if that is your spill and that's what you're selling, oh, we have we have great culture. Mm. I mean, what does that mean? I just think you should leave that up to your agents to share with people um, on on what the culture is like within your company.
0: Yeah, I think, I think culture has a lot to do with retention. But I think you, I do, I will say this. I think you need to recruit to your culture. Meaning, if you're sitting across the, the table from somebody and they just don't feel like they'd be a good fit in your company, maybe they're cost focused maybe they're telling you or indicating they're not learning based or growth mindset or whatever it is that's important to your culture and the agents that you're with, you do have to protect your environment a little bit. And that's what I mean. You got to recruit to your culture. That's how you protect it.
1: Well, the other, well, the other way to protect it too, if you do have good culture, the culture will protect itself. Sure. Right. If you have somebody that's not a fit, your culture will basically push them out pretty quickly. And I've seen it happen.
0: Talk about that. I, uh, we've ha- had some discussion around this and i think as a as a leader the the best thing you could do is be consistent around your values right talk about that like your culture will protect itself talk about that
1: yeah i mean you, what you you know whatever you believe in whatever you're pushing whatever you know the things that are important to you you can't you can't change your views on that you need mm-hmm. to stay consistent yes. no matter if it's a top producer agent or somebody brand new to the business, you you need to stay consistent. And staying consistent, especially if they just been with you for a while. I mean, they expect that consistency. Yep. And when you start bending those, and and you know, as long as you can stay true to what your values are and your core values are and everything when you started, you know that will those people that come in that aren't a great fit, they end up getting pushed out, not by you as a leader, but by the, you know everybody within the community of your business and and the culture. of, You know, will, you'll see those people pushed out, and we see that happen often.
0: Yeah, and I think with that, you you hit the nail on the head. You guys, you have to stay consistent around policies, around values, around um, things you're committed to as a company. And eventually, those bad apples, those bad seeds, will weed themselves out because they they'll realize. That hey, this isn't a good fit. Yeah. For and, me. and
1: John talks about principles, right? Yeah. Stay consistent to your principles and your culture will police themselves. Yep.
0: Um, the last part is I think about when it comes to recruiting, I think it's overlooked as well. And it's something we're always working on as a company, I think to improve the process of onboarding. I think it's so important that recruiting process. Like someone says, Hey, I'm ready to join. What do I do? Right. I think that onboarding piece is so critical. Um, I know you're passionate about it. Yeah. I mean, it's gotta
1: be, you know, we've, the whole, ever since we started, I've always said, you know, and we've always agreed that we need to get better in onboarding. Yes. Get better in onboarding. And we've done the steps and made the steps and, you know, went, went from one person handling it to a group of us handling it together to stay on top of because any you know, any new company starting out, a lot of times you got to wear a bunch of different hats yes. and sit in a buff- bunch of different seats to make it work. But, you know, like today we had our, um, we hired somebody to handle onboarding mm-hmm. and to help us with that. And she will own that position and own that process. So that way, when we're bringing new agents on, they all go through the same steps, you know, we, same steps that the one before does. And we, you know, we train them on how to find an answer, you know, and, and yes. so to get away from those got a minute, you know, conversations, teach them on how to, um, you know, how to find the answer and where to go to find that answer.
0: Yeah. And I, you know, I onboarded the onboarding person today. It's kind of funny to think about that, but you know, one of the things, How'd you know, you do? <laughs> well, I, you know, to set the tone for this person in their role, to me, the point of onboarding is to teach resourcefulness, Right. You provide all this value as a company, but all that value does no good. If the agent doesn't know how to take advantage of it, yeah. right? So from day one, that onboarding process needs to be around. How does the agent find the resources they need to take advantage of the re- of all the value that you offer? Can they access the lead generation system? Can they access the online training? Can they use the tech right? All that stuff, that's where the onboarding piece should revolve around is teaching resourcefulness. It's going to make you more efficient as a leader because you're not going to be the got a minute guy or gal. And it's going to make that agent more productive because they know exactly where to find that answer when you're not available. Yeah. So um, to me, this is something I think as us as a company, as we grow this is the leg that and for any company out there as you grow towards 100 agents or 150 agents it's the leg that makes or breaks you is how efficiently you can onboard people. Yeah, and you
1: got to think about it too if you're not growing like if if you're not if if you're if you want to grow your company I mean it's definitely something that you have to consistently do just like you know any pipeline if you take days off it's going to show up, right? Yeah. If you take days off and you know, for us, where we're headed and where we're going, it's something we'll consistently and always do. Mm-hmm. And you know, when you look at it, I mean, you just continue to stay true to your, your, you know, everything you said from the very beginning, um, from your values and principles and everything else, and just continue to recruit and continue to, you know, bring in more agents and more <clears> people, and you know, then your brand grows and and you know, the brand awareness grows and and uh, you know, we'll we'll be at like a hundred, hundred agents by the end of the year is our goal. And then, you know, we'll go continue going.
0: So I always like to break things down in my mind. I like to say there's different departments or systems. So to me, you know, to kind of summarize everything we just talked about from a recruiting standpoint, really it's kind of a three-headed monster, right? You have like recruiting, what's your system to call people every single day, or you have to have uh, some sort of system in place. Retention, what's your are you, uh, providing value or return on investment on the things you promised on the recruiting appointment? And are you reaching out to people internally every single day to make sure they are happy? Yeah. Right. And then the third part of it, I think that easily gets overlooked, Preston is onboarding. They've committed what's that next 90 days or the first 90 days they're with your company. What's that look like? So they can take advantage of all the resources that you offer. Yeah.
1: And one thing with that, I'll drop a little, uh, note in that a lot of times the best time to recruit somebody is when they just join a company because yes. after 30 or 45 days or 60 days, everything they were promised has not shown up. Yeah, So that's uh, something to keep in mind if, if you're trying to grow your brokerage or your team.
0: Yep. I always say a conflict arises when expectations differ. So if they expected this and you're delivering this, you're going to have conflict. And trust me, there's other broker owners in your marketplace that watch that. And they're making the calls. So
1: We have a special
0: guest to end our podcast today that finally showed back up. We do. We have our send-off guy for our podcast here today with us. He's got no school today, so he's with us, helping us with podcast production. All right, guys. We'll have a great rest of your day. Have a great week. And Noah's going to send you off. Make sure to smash that like button and subscribe. All right, guys. Take care. We'll be